Hi everyone, you're listening to Humanize Your Workplace with Alyssa Carpenter, where we chat about all things, well, human. On each of these bite-sized episodes, I'll give you something new to try to become more self-aware, help you build better work relationships, or just try to get you through a sticky work situation. It all starts with an open mind and a conversation. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Humanize Your Workplace. This week, we're joined by Emily Morgan. Emily's the founder and CEO of Delegate Solutions, a premium virtual assistance firm. She and her team at Delegate Solutions help entrepreneurial leaders stay productive without the hassles of HR. Their unique approach to support teams means that as you grow, you'll never need to find, manage, or train an administrative support resource again. Thank you for joining us, Emily. Thank you, Alyssa. Great to be here. I would love to hear a little bit, and I typically ask this question to kick things off, but if you could thank one person for helping you become or inspire you for becoming the professional you are today, who do you think that would be and why? Yeah, great question. So um, for me, that would be my son, Nathan. Um, He was the inspiration for my company, which is now... um, all turning 13 along with my son who's 13. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he, you know, being pregnant, I was really having a hard time thinking about how I was going to maintain a professional career, but be present to raise my son. And that's when I learned about the virtual assistant industry. It was just a new industry at that time. Um, And it really fit the boxes for me because my career had always been in virtual or excuse me, not virtual in administrative support. So I was working in different jobs, um, doing administrative work and had to commute in and out of Philadelphia every day. So sort of this realization that I was becoming a parent, um, kind of forced me to think differently about how I was going to be, be moving forward professionally. It's interesting. I have a similar story, different situation, but I was also commuting to Philadelphia and had kids and it's, it's not easy. It's far. Even if you're 10 minutes outside of the city, just to get back and forth, it puts a lot of strain on you as a professional and mental health and all that stuff. Yep. So, um, you know, when, after he was born, I decided to start Delegate Solutions. So we're a virtual assistant firm. And at the time it was just me. Um, doing the work and a lot of my old employers came on as clients and then within a year or so we had I had more clients than I had time to support Um, so I started building out the company and adding different virtual assistants into the mix and over the years we've really streamlined what we're offering and you know the virtual assistants on our team are our employees they're all around the country the majority of my team are all um, mothers or women that are working from home, either caring for aging parents, caring for children, um, or just, you know, deciding that they wanted to kind of work more on their own terms. And I just have a kind of a follow-up question to that, because a lot of my clients, I think you get to the point where, you know, things are working, you were able to either do it yourself or with your small team, and then you realize, I need to bring in more people. What what did that look like for you, or how did you realize that you can't accomplish this on your own and you needed to bring more people in? How did you decide it was your time? 
Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I would never have considered myself to be an entrepreneur and I was raised by teachers and I thought I was going to grow up and become a teacher. And my mom used to always say, I think you're going to be in business. And I know she didn't know what that meant. And I certainly didn't know what that meant. Um, but, you know, I remember her telling me that. And as I started the company, again, it was never this entrepreneurial like vision. When I started it, it was more about just setting myself up so that I could earn an income and still be there for my son. But as it, as it created more and more momentum, um, I really started to get that entrepreneurial spirit around having a company. Um, and now we're over 35 team members all across the U S. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. And I can imagine even just as you were saying, people's life cycles of, you know, you're becoming a parent, maybe you want to work from home, but maybe you decide you want to go back to work. Has retention been an issue for you at all throughout this process? Um, you know, when we first started, when I first started adding people to the team, it was very much a 1099 type relationship. So I, I had a network of other virtual assistants and we would you know, the business would come in and they would do the work. But as I started to really want to scale the business, um, I, I started in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program about five years ago. And coming out of that program, I really realized that I needed to have employees so that I could control the output and the training and the delivery of the service in a way I would not be able to do with subcontractors. So that was a big shift that I made. And it's complicated because we're employee employers in like all 50 states. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that was a huge, a huge um, shift in the way that the company was going to operate. So now you have full-time or part-time employees under your organization. Yep, exactly. The whole team, with the exception of maybe two people are um, employees. And have you found that to be better for you in terms of retention? Have you had any, you know, issues from that? Um, for retention, 100%. I think, you know, when you invest in people, they invest back in you. Um, so for us, it was really the only path forward because I knew I, it was just, it was not cohesive trying to do it with subcontractors. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's been a learning experience for us trying to navigate not only having, you know, employees, but my employees are remote. Everybody works from home all across the country. So, you know, we're, we're a leader in, in um, remote teams. We've been doing that for the entire span of the company. Just to kind of go a little bit deeper into the retention and that learning process, can you tell a little bit, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the things that you learn or share a story or of an experience, either about somebody who left that maybe you could have retained or, you know, something just didn't work out? Because that just, for me, seems to be a really large issue for, for clients, um, whether they're working remote or, you know, in person. Yeah. So, I mean, we just went through this. Um at the end of Q4, so at the end of 2019, we actually had to go on a wait list because we didn't have enough staff to you know, support the business that was coming in. So we spent all of December and all of Q1 completely revamping our team, the way that we work with our team. Um, and we were supposed to roll the whole thing out on April 1st. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> so it's been a roller coaster, but 
you know, I feel at this point, all the things that we've been doing um, have brought the team closer than they've ever been, despite the distance, despite the fact they've never met one another in person. They're so tight and they love working together. And we really are a cohesive team, even though we're remote. So when you were thinking about this policy that you were hopefully <laughs> going to roll out earlier this month, did you loop everybody in? Like what part in the process did everybody have? Yeah. Well, one of our core values is transparency. So I lead from that place in all my communications with the team, good, bad, ugly, whatever it's going to be. You're going to hear it from me first is like <laughs> really what I've been pushing. Um, but the way that we were doing it um, is we, we we run on EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System, and it requires us to have an accountability chart. And the way that we had structured our client-facing associates, which, which are the virtual assistants, is that they were all technically reporting in to me. So I was having to technically performance manage 25 people um, by myself, which is really unrealistic and not sustainable or, or workable. Um, so our our strategy included creating um, what we call PACs, uh, peer accountability circles. So they were basically self-managing teams that, you know, were structured in a, in a small group setting where they reported into one person that led that group. Um, and so that was really going to help us get deeper into performance management, which I think is one of the reasons why people leave a company is yep. when they, they don't know who they report to. They don't, they're not really clear on what their responsibility is. Um, so this was just bringing a lot of clarity to, to our virtual team. And I think just a lot of people right now are obviously shifting to more remote work. And I think things are just going to change consistently throughout the next year and kind of forever mm -hmm. from everything that's happening. And it might be different for your organization just be, with being virtual assistants, but how do you essentially track the productivity of your employees or what suggestions would you have for people that are really struggling with figuring out, are my employees actually being productive and how do I evaluate and, and look at that? <laughs> yeah, we get that question a lot, actually. Um, and I think the first most important thing to sort of understand is you should, do, you should not expect the level of productivity out of people right now that you would get in the office. Yep. Um, I say that to you as someone who has a virtual team and we are way used to working remotely, but we are not used to working with kids home and everything that comes with that. So I think just being realistic and being empathetic and supportive to your team. One of the ways that we were able to help our team through this is to create um, a virtual camp for the kids. So every day for the last three weeks, we've been running virtual camp on Zoom where the team is volunteering in half hour slots. Some of the kids of the team that are older, some of our clients' kids are doing it and they're running different sessions around the day. And the kids just come on to Zoom and interact with each other. So they'll like tell jokes or do a craft um, or do some exercise or play bingo. But um, you know, just being there as a resource for your team rather than focusing on what's getting done or not getting done. Um, when it comes to productivity, you want to think about the outcome and not necessarily the time on task. So set short-term goals, really clear on what the priorities are and communication with your team is really important right now. 
Thanks for bringing up several of those things. One being that this is not normal times right now. So we can't compare this to be, this is almost crisis work from home and I'm going through crisis almost homeschooling with my kids right now. This is not normal. So you can't really compare um, the productivity to that piece. And I, I do love that you're doing virtual camps because you know, we, there work that has to be done. People are getting paid to do work, but you know, there's kids there. So if somebody is kind of alternating doing that, I think that's a really fun thing that you're doing yeah. and you're providing to your staff and to your clients. Yeah. We, the kids love it. And like, it's, we're really just kind of hands off about it. It's like the last thing you need is one more thing you have to be on top of right now. <laughs> so right. Come or not come, whatever, we're still going to run it and um, use it as you need it. So we're planning to do it at least another week for four weeks and how and I guess kind of stemming off of the situation that we have now if a company is moving forward and might do some more you know work at home after this or more virtual work how can they or a person identify if this works for them with being that this is not normal circumstances like how can you look at the situation and think okay in a real world I can actually be a remote employee yeah well, I think a lot of employers are going to be faced with that question when the doors reopen. People are going to say, well, why can't I just work at home? But I think it's important to realize that, one, not everybody is equipped to work at home. So you may have some of your stronger team members epically fail at remote work because they need that environment. So the way that you can support that type of employee is on Zoom um, and on Slack. So giving them some sort of interaction, but just understand, like, they may be great in the office, but not everyone is set up to work at home well. Um, for the people that are working at home well, I think now it's, you know, we're now seeing that it is possible. Um, when we're forced to, you're seeing that it is. And so you could have a strategy to address each type of that worker. I think each industry has its own sort of concerns about it. But Right now, what I love as a flex and remote work champion is that everyone is being forced into, you know, actually giving it a try, which I see as a positive thing. No, it's true. And I'm, I'm curious, sort of going back to the retention piece, but more focusing on talent acquisition as kind of we think about it moving forward. As of now, I think it's over 10 million people had filed for unemployment. How, you know, I assume a lot of companies are going to start to get applications when hiring freezes are released and, and other things change. What can you look for in an applicant? What are questions you've asked or how do you gauge if this person can be a really successful remote employee? Yeah, well, we work um, with a company called Flex Jobs, and they help us with talent acquisition. So it's a portal for people that are specifically looking for remote, flexible jobs. So that's helping pre-qualify. We also post on Indeed, and whenever we do that, we get an insane number of applicants. Like, we'll, we'll average 700 applicants in a week for our jobs, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> <That's a lot. laughs> We, um, we, as part of this process, like I told you over the last quarter, we have introduced um, video pre-screen interviews. Um, so we have a very simple application and then we, we send whoever we think might be a fit to do this one-way video interview. So we can kind of see how they present on screen, see their composure, and then we just run them through our interview process. By the time they get to me, what I'm trying to understand is why this job is a fit for their life. Um, because our job is also flex, flex work. So it means like you're gonna work 
25 to 40 hours a week and you got to be available during the day. But, you know, beyond that, we don't really care when you're getting your work done as long as you're getting it done on time. So like I need to understand and have them explain to me why they feel like this job fits into their life. And if I can understand that, then I can picture them working at the company. That's a great point to to bring up is even thinking, you know, flexible work, it doesn't mean it's it's less hours necessarily. You're just doing them at, at different times and you have to be able to see how that fits in and do you still have those number of hours? Like that won't vary. Right. Exactly. And you know, not most of my team is not working 40 hours a week. They're working more like 25 to 35. We just have a handful that work 40. But it's important for me as the owner to kind of hear their story and visualize why they why they think this job is a great job for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate you know sharing a little bit and being honest about really talent acquisition and retention and what can make a really good remote employee because some people just are not meant to work remotely and this is this is tough. This is a really trying time when people are just trying to navigate remote work <laughs> right now. Exactly. And how can our audience get in touch with you if they were interested in either being part of your team or hiring your organization to be their, one of their virtual assistants? Yep. Yeah, um, DelegateSolutions.com is our website. And if you're looking to join the team, you can just navigate over to join the team page to start the process. We are not hiring as of today, but we are accepting applicants into our talent pool for when we're ready to start rehiring again. That's awesome. Thank you again, Emily. Appreciate it. Thank you. And to our audience, if you have any questions that you wanted to be featured on a future episode, please just reach out to me on LinkedIn at Alyssa Carpenter or at Twitter at not okay, that's okay. Until next time. Thanks again for listening. But did you know that you can leave me a voice message to answer any questions on an upcoming episode? Just go into the show notes and the link will be there at the bottom for you to send me that message. Have a great day.